0: town bank mortgage nmls number 512138 is an equal housing lender this podcast is for informational purposes only and now the man born with a five o'clock shadow and with the nmls number 2028201 he is a gentleman he is a scholar he is tyler crawley so it's inflation week And we still don't have any inflation data. That's tomorrow. (laughs) So instead, we're going to talk home prices. Welcome, everyone, to the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley. And uh, it is Inflation Week, and we will be getting CPI tomorrow. We are now less than 24 hours away. And then, of course, on Friday, we will get PPI Producer prices uh, at around eight thirty, so we'll be getting to that on Friday's show. So prepare accordingly. So since we don't have inflation data to get to, let's talk about home prices. So last week, so I was, I was wrong. <laughs> Doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it's important to point it out. So I was wrong about the data that we were, we were going to be getting from Black Knight this week. So last week, and it really depends on when you know, the first of the month hits, and because the week started July, you know Monday was July 31st last week, and it ended on uh, the 4th, that sometimes you have housing reports that hit at certain points of the month, and usually we get CoreLogic, their home price data, and Black Knight's home price data- kind of almost back to back. And we got Core Logics data. And I assumed that Black Knights had come out. And we just, you know, we, we didn't get to it because of the big report that we got on Friday, the big jobs report. However, it did not come out. We did not get the <laughs> home price data. In fact, we got that on Monday. We did not get rate lock data. So I thought that we were going to be getting rate lock data from Black Knight. Instead we got rate lock data, or excuse me, we got home price data from Black Knights. Now that we have fixed all of that, let's talk about what happened in that Monday report. So it should be noted that it does seem like just yesterday that we were hearing from the crash bros who for three years, actually it was about two and a half. So the pandemic hits they assume housing prices are going to crash. You know, first it's going to be a foreclosure crisis and that doesn't happen. Then it's going to be, uh, oh, my God, home prices are going up too much. And then, oh, my God, you know, uh, rates are going up too much. And so there's always a reason why a housing crash is just around the corner. So in the middle of 2022, our uh, mortgage rates started skyrocketing. And they said, here it comes. Here it comes. Right. I mean, and it makes sense. Like from an economic standpoint, it makes sense that home prices would fall as the cost of borrowing goes up. That's kind of how the Fed works. You know, the whole idea is if you want to cool inflation, you increase the cost to borrow money as the cost of borrowing goes up. People borrow less. They therefore have less money. They therefore spend less money which means you have fewer dollars out there chasing the goods that are available. Eventually, you get sort of equilibrium or maybe you get deflation in which you have too many goods and not enough people trying to chase those products. And so what you end up with is prices either stagnating or falling. That happens with every product in the world. So why wouldn't it happen with housing? Well, because housing is a little different. And we're going to get to that here in a second. So here is what Black Knight's report found. In the month of June, home prices completely regained all of the losses that they saw in the, in the second half of 2022. So the Crash Bros were right that rising rates were going to cause home prices to fall. And they did. We saw home prices fall from July until December of 2022. But then a weird thing happened in January. That was home prices started rising. And then they rose in February, March, April, May, and now June. And those home price increases have now completely erased all the losses that you saw in 2022. So home prices are now back to all-time highs. Craziness. Home prices grew by seasonally adjusted 0.67% in the month of July. Slightly cooler than the 0.8% that we saw in May, but it was the six straight monthly increase. Annual home price growth rate, or the annual home price growth rose to 0.8% in June, up from a revised 0.2% in May. And here's the real kicker. First time in 14 months that we saw the annual growth rate increase month over month. So for 14 months, or I should say 13 months, every month that annual growth rate has fallen. It slowed. And for the first time, it went from 0.2% to 0.8%. And that's important because what happened in July of last year, home prices began to fall. So that means we peaked in June and the fact that home prices are up when compared to last June, it means that home prices are now higher than they were last June when prices hit all time highs. So we are now back in the housing sector nationally, of course, talking nationally. We're back to all time highs. But here's what's interesting. So if you remember, Southern dominant, and it's still kind of, the, it's still kind of true. I mean, we talk about, you know, housing construction. We talk about, you know, existing home sales. I mean, the South dominates, just absolutely dominates. But while that was happening, they were dominating with home prices. What we've seen in a lot of big metro areas, Florida being a good example, you know, Miami, Tampa at one point were the top two markets, and they've now fallen, I think, out of, The top five, if not the top 10. And so what we're seeing is home prices kind of stagnate in the South, probably not here in Wilmington where I am, (laughs) but in some of the bigger metro areas. And what's happening is, is this new uptick that we're seeing is kind of being led by Northern metro areas. Uh, For example, the top metro area in June of this year was Hartford, Connecticut with home prices up 9.3% year over year. I mean, that's almost double digits. We're <laughs> supposed to be like in a housing recession. Remember, that wasn't that long ago. Uh, Milwaukee took the number two spot, up 6.2%. Philadelphia also up 6.2%. Cincinnati up 56 And then Virginia Beach up 54 I mean, that's crazy. The only area that's considered you know, the South, right? Virginia, I guess below the Mason-Dixon line is number five at 5.4%. And, you know, Virginia, for those that follow politics, <laughs> I don't even know if you consider it a Southern state anymore. Um, but number five, 5.4%. Now on the flip side, not surprisingly, the places where we saw the boom, the biggest boom from the, you know, housing market, Uh, are now seeing the biggest drop, another kind of boom, (laughs) a bad boom. Uh, With Austin, Texas, seeing the worst depreciation, home prices down 13.5%, Las Vegas down 7.7%, and Phoenix down 7.5%. You know, it's kind of funny because I I talk about, what's his name? Uh, Nick Gurley, who has Reventure Consulting, you know, huge presence on YouTube. I mean, Ton of views. I mean, no doubt. I'm jealous, right? I get like four views on my YouTube channels. He gets like four million or four hundred thousand, something like that. But, you know, I always give him kind of I always kind of make fun of the fact that he's always calling for a housing crash. Like he's he's one of those guys that's been calling for a housing crash since 2020. Now the one area that he got right was Austin. You know, he was saying, you know, Austin was an overheated market, and you're probably gonna see. You know, a housing crash. Now 13 percent, I don't know if I'd call that a housing crash. Um, I think what maybe 20 percent, you have to fall for it to be considered a, you, know, full-on crash. But he did get that right, and it's funny, I saw his latest video was uh, about Austin. So maybe he's, just, he's realized that the national numbers are not aligning with his fear-mongering, so he's like, "Oh, I'll just focus on Austin. Let's talk about Austin. Because he got, you get to get that right. I'll give him. He he got it right. He he said Austin was was uh, over was inflated, and now it's doing the worst. So he did. He got one right. He got one city right. <laughs> um, now, as home prices rise, what else do you expect to rise? That would be equity. In fact, total mortgage holder equity crossed the sixteen trillion dollar threshold. Again in June. I guess the last time that happened was last June. And they are now back to within 3% of the peak that we saw last summer. The average mortgage holder now has $199,000. I think we can round that up to 200. $200,000 in equity, up from one hundred eighty five dollars in Q1, but down just slightly from the 207 all time high that we saw last year. Tappable equity. Of course, that means people who can, you know, do a cash out refi, meaning you got to have at least 20% or so um, to be able to do that. 10.5 trillion in June. That is also within 4% of 2022 peaks. Outstanding mortgage debt pushed above 13 trillion for the first time on record. So it's funny because a lot of people are going to be like, oh my gosh, 13 trillion dollars in mortgage debt, just like people were going crazy about the trillion dollar credit card debt. But I saw a stat. It was pretty funny. It was um, credit card debt compared as, as a percent of you know all deposits. And it was actually at like 5%. It was way down from where we were like in the mid 2000s when everyone was just maxed out. And that's just not the case right now. I mean, sure, credit card debt's risen, but so is the economy grow. When the economy grows, debt grows with it. That's just the way it works. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. And so they see you know credit rising and they go, oh my gosh, the, everything's about to crash. And it's like, well, no, as long as credit is moving with the economy growth, if credit is growing with economic growth, that's fine. It's when credit, what we saw in the mid 2000s, when credit surpasses the growth rate of what's happening with the economy, then you realize that the economy, the economic growth, is being fueled by credit. And now you got a problem. (laughs) That's when you got a problem. But if they're moving in tandem, it's it's not really anywhere near the big deal that some are making it out to be. Here's the real problem, not credit card debt, not mortgage debt, Uh, the cost of home ownership. And this is what sucks right now for those of us in the mortgage biz because owning a home has maybe never been more expensive. Just talking truth here. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Uh, According to Black Knight, in July, 36.4% of the median household income was required to purchase a median-priced home. This is the second-highest mark in the past 37 years, with July coming in just below the all-time high that we saw in October of 36.8%. The mortgage payment required to purchase an average-priced home hit a record high of $2,308.00 $70 Seventy dollars more than where we were last October when rates first hit seven percent, so the reasoning obviously being people are making more money now, so even though the payment the nominal dollar amount is higher, it's a less it's less a percent of overall income because people are making more money, but rates keep rising with no dip in home prices. It looks like we will get to that number. Uh, This is all because inventory. Inventory did increase for the second straight month. However, inventories remain below 51% below pre-pandemic levels. So we're in this weird place where if you're a homeowner, I mean, things are good, right? You're looking at, you're sitting on almost $200,000 in equity. You got a mortgage rate probably between three and 4%. There are some outliers there, but That seems to be where the bulk of homeowners are. So things are pretty good for you. If you're looking to buy a home, not so great. Uh, And that's not hyperbole. Ben Carlson asked this very question last month on a Wealth of Common Sense blog saying if this was the worst housing affordability ever. I mean, so that is the unfortunate reality here. So how do we solve the affordability issue? And... Like I said, it wasn't a crazy idea that Crash Bros. had that if mortgage rates go up, that's going to cause home prices to fall. That's what's supposed to happen. So what happened? Why didn't that happen? Well, the problem is that a lot of people, as always, are focused on 2008. 2008 rising rates had a huge impact on the housing market. Why? Because you had a lot of arms. You had a lot of adjustable rate mortgages out there, and they reset, or they were going to reset at that higher rate. Um, with falling equity, home prices began to fall and it was just sort of a cascading, just domino, one bad thing after another, and it caused home prices to fall. The reason home prices aren't falling now is because we're having the exact opposite problem. In 2008, the first thing people were okay with letting go of was their home. Uh, home prices had fallen so much that people had lost all the equity in their home. They were underwater and their home payments were resetting. They couldn't afford them. So you know what? And things were so crazy with the banks that you could probably stay in the home for a year, save up some money, and then go move into an apartment or a rental or whatever. Um, And so it made sense to do that. The exact opposite is happening now. People are sitting on a ton of equity. It is their best asset by far, as it usually is. And they're sitting on a crazy low mortgage rate that we'll probably never see again. If you're sitting on a 3% mortgage, probably we'll never see it again. If we do see it again, something bad has happened. It's not good. We don't want to see that again. <laughs> something bad has happened. So you have no incentive. In fact, the exact opposite. You'll let go of everything else and hold on to your house. And so what we are witnessing is the exact opposite of 2008. So how do we solve this problem? Well, there was a great piece by Thomas Phillipson who was the White House economic, what, what's the name of it? Uh, ECA, the ECA, something, the economic group that advises the president, whatever they're called. I, I can't remember. <laughs> That's how important they are. I completely don't remember the name of it. I mean, it is important. They're advising the president. I just can't remember the name of the group. Um, so he was the director of that group for a little while. Uh, he was a member of the group, I think, throughout Trump's entire term and then took it over, I think, the last year of Trump's uh, White House. He argues almost like a double whammy here. If we want to bring down inflation, not only just overall, but especially with home prices, we have to cut rates, which is crazy, right? It seems like we're going against all the whole idea of what the Fed is, right? The whole, the whole idea of what the Fed is supposed to do. When inflation's out of control, you raise rates, gets inflation under control, rates fall or inflation falls. Then, of course, you stabilize rates. If the economy is doing bad and we're seeing deflation, you then, of course, drop rates to hope to spur economic activity, which then, of course, will create a situation where inflation starts to rise, stabilizes, and then, you know, that's, that's the basic premise of what the Fed does. So why is it so out of whack right now? Well, simply, it's because the rate that people are currently sitting on is so... <laughs> Much lower than the rate that they would have to buy at now. They have no incentive to move because remember, housing isn't like every other product. You're not consuming it on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. You know, best case scenario, you know, a year, maybe every couple of years, uh, or I should say, you know, I think the average time of holding a home is like five years. So maybe every five years, you're buying a new home. Uh, I think the number has has now increased because the gold handcuff idea. So people are ho- sitting in their homes longer. Now they have more incentive to do so, and so people are not as impacted like they would be. For example, if it came to a car loan, like if something happens to your car, you're going to buy a new car, or maybe you just want to get a new car. Uh, their you know, a car deteriorates quicker than a home. You could stay in a home for 30 years. (laughs) That's the whole idea about the 30-year mortgage. Uh, And then, of course, every other product, you're buying more, there's more frequency involved. Housing is not like that, so it is not as impacted as we are finding out because of how few adjustable rate mortgages there are. That is happening in the UK. The UK is facing some serious problems with rising rates and so many people are on adjustable rates. And that's true in a lot of countries around the world. The United States is a place where you have stable Rate. You, you borrow at this, it's fixed for 30 years. Everyone got scared of arms after 2008. So, probably never in the history of this country have more people been s- sitting on a fixed rate mortgage. And that is not necessarily a problem unless you're trying to impact the housing market and maybe lower prices. Now we have ourselves a problem. So, what Thomas Phillipson writes in the Wall Street Journal is that the way that we need to bring down inflation. Is by cutting rates. <laughs> Here's his argument. So he says, as we all know, housing costs make up about 40% shelter costs of the, cons- of the core consumer price inflation. Now, when rate hikes lower supply more than demand, it raises rather than lowers home prices. Because yes, everyone was right. When the borrowing costs to buy a home skyrocketed, you were going to see less buyers. That was correct. What they did not anticipate was that supply was going to fall more. (laughs) So even though demand has plummeted, and actually we have mortgage demand, uh, that was down, I think, for the third straight week. It's now at the lowest level since the end of February. So mortgage demand has fallen. That's the latest data this morning from the Mortgage Bankers Association. So that has fallen. So mortgage demand has fallen. There's no doubt about that. But supply has fallen more. So you still have an imbalance. So less supply than demand means prices go up. And that's what Philipson's talking about. He says, as a result, rate hikes may actually be inflationary rather than deflationary for 40% of core CPI. So what he's arguing is that every time rates go up, it makes that more unlikely that someone sitting on an ultra low mortgage rate is going to list their home. So we get fewer listings as rates increase. We get fewer listings, which means prices continue to rise. So his solution, rate cuts in 2024. So not this year, next year, in case you were wondering what year it was. Could lower housing prices. When the mortgage penalty for selling gets cut, supply may come back more than demand. Now, it's no sure thing. Let's not forget that it was ultra low rates that got us into this situation to begin with. Um, but we're not talking about dropping rates to three. We're talking about maybe getting them back to 5%. And remember, about 83% of all mortgaged homes. You got the homeowners holding a note for about 5%, 5% or less. So, <laughs> yeah, we get, we're going to need to see a five handle, I think. You know, if rates are at five and a half, five and three quarters, someone's sitting on a four and three quarter, like, all right, 1%, I can make that move. That's not so horrible. I can do that. Um, otherwise, this is the problem. And so it's going to keep overall inflation high. And it's going to keep home prices nationally higher than we would like. So bizarrely enough, the solution to the problem of lowering rates is to lower <laughs> rates again. I know it sounds crazy. People are going to think, oh, Tyler, you're just, you know, you're just selling your book. You know, you're, you're in the mortgage biz. You just want rates to fall. So, yes. Yeah, I do. Yes, I do want that. But remember, this isn't my idea. This is Thomas Phillipson. Making this argument in the Wall Street Journal, not me. I'm just saying it might work. Clearly, clearly, raising rates has not done what we thought. It did for a little while. It is no longer doing that, Um, and rates are not dropping. So maybe we need to rethink this. (laughs) So maybe lowering rates. I don't know. I'm just telling. I'm I'm don't shoot the messenger. I'm just passing on the news. All right, tomorrow we got the big report CPI. We will talk about it on Friday's show. We'll have CPI and PPI to get to. So we'll see if, um, let's see what shelter costs are in the latest CPI report coming out tomorrow, but that is it. Don't forget. You can sign up for the newsletter, TylerCrawley.substack.com. I, you know, I got to do, I, I paid to transfer the domain. I still haven't done it. So I got to do that. Hopefully more markets and mortgages.com. Uh, that will work soon but right now tylercrawley.substack.com you guys enjoy your wednesday get ready for cpi tomorrow so what is it enjoy your wednesday we'll talk to you on friday and remember as always forgot my catchphrase remember as always do not wait to buy real estate you buy real estate and wait